From Grain to Glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. <laughs> Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Miles. Hey, Chuckles. How's it going? It's going and This is the right. best beer show on the internet. Because of the intro. Yes. Uh, I just want to uh, apologize right now for the iTunes issues that we're having right now. <laughs> uh, there's there's some crazy stuff going on, uh, and we're get we're working on getting it resolved as fast as possible. But in the meantime, if you just resubscribe using our website, it will uh, it'll fix it. If you're using the iPod uh, or the I guess the the Apple Podcast app. Otherwise, if you're using a third party one, you should it should still be okay. I think. Not entirely sure. I haven't checked that out yet. But anywho, happy New Year! Happy New Year, guys! This is our first uh, show of the New Year. Uh, again, sorry for not being. I feel like I'm doing a lot of apologizing at the top here. Recently, uh, yeah. Well, and just recently, sorry for not being here last week. I was gravely ill. It was not good. Yeah, I tried but... to reschedule with him. Three times. Yeah, we we tried to do it three times. Was not feeling well. Luckily, uh, I cleared up in time for New Year's Eve and Department of Offense and Department of Offense, but mostly New Year's Eve. Oh man, <laughs> listen to the first half of Department of Offense. Uh, it's gonna be good. Yeah, this past week it was fantastic. It was a good time. Uh, other than that, Miles, have you been doing anything beer related? I think I got all of the fun stuff. Quote unquote, out of the way. Oh, you know what? We have one more announcement that we need to do at the top of the show. You want to take care of that one? Sure, why not? Uh, This weekend is the first meeting of the River Falls Homebrew Club. That's right. The first. The first. It is the inception. It's going to be the beginning of something. It wouldn't be the conception? Yes. Not the inception? Yes. Okay. Just making sure. You you have the hardest time with words that kind of sound similar. Words are hard. <laughs> no, so we're getting this kicked off uh, going on this Saturday. Uh, if you're in this area, 6 p.m., Function Junction, Main Street, River, River Falls. All right. And what can people expect at this first meeting? Uh, primarily just a, a powwow, kind of getting everybody together to, to see what uh, people expect from us and what we expect from the people who are looking to be there. Very cool. Did we get any flyers or anything made up? You know, I don't think we did. Okay, I'm glad that we're off to a strong start. Absolutely. All right. No, I'd, I'd have to talk to Tom if you can, If you can get me one yeah. by Wednesday, I can drop some off at Pitchfork. Okay. I've got a couple of people spreading word of mouth for us, too. All right, cool. Yeah. So, Casey, what have you been doing what beer-related? What have I been doing beer-related? Let's see. Um, I drank copious amounts of said liquid this past this past week, but other than that... Uh, I kegged the the bitter with yes. a, two different yeasts. We're going to do the, I guess, the taste off, if you will, the, on, the yeast taste off. Yes, uh, I <clears throat> I feel like one might have stalled out a little early because it was a couple points higher than I expected. All right. But maybe that's just the yeast. But uh, we'll we'll taste it when we get there. The other one came out right on the nose. Tastes phenomenal. <sighs> So excited. I love some ESB. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be difficult being patient over this next week. It's not going to be hard because it's not carbonated yet. They both need to be force carved. I know, but I always, so, just, I, I always well, want to taste. Here's, here's, here's the thing. Odds are I'll have it ready for Saturday. 
when we're supposed to brew together. I like where this is going. So we may be able to have a glass, one, one glass. Plus, we have also have to kill a keg of pills. Yes, at some point. So, so by so, one glass of of each bitter. I will bring a big glass. No, you cannot. No, you cannot have a big glass. About that. <laughs> no, I, no, it, it, I, kegging went fine. It was super simple, pretty process. straightforward, yeah, as yeah. usual. And yeah, no, it hit my numbers. Pretty excited. I am pretty stoked. I can't wait for it. I love English bitters, and we're supposed to be brewing a light speed clone. Yeah, uh, on Saturday, so we will have some information for you guys. Uh, on Monday, as to how that went and what uh, recipe we used, because we're actually after the show, uh, we're going to open a bottle of Lightspeed and do some tasting. Thought about doing it on the show, but I really want to dive deep into this, and there's going to be a lot of dead air. Yeah, that happens with tastings. Yes, so uh, we'll have that for you next week as well, and we can kind of document how well this has been going on. Oh, we might even—I don't know—we uh, might do a yeast experiment with this one as well because i'm not quite sure what yeast to use but we'll talk about that a little bit off the air yes. though it might be good on-air conversation if we had the beer in front of us yes <laughs> see maybe maybe on monday maybe on monday i'll see if we can i'll see if divine has any left right i've been buying the toppling goliath they have like mad <laughs> only like two bottles at a time but just a but lot regularly of yeah plus i I love that brewery. It's they they're do, doing some great things. They do fantastic work. All right. Uh, so, what are we actually talking about on the show today? Now that we're six minutes into the show, and <laughs> right. all I've done is ramble. But that's why people listen, right? You guys like to hear my beer ramblings, I'm sure. Well, in lieu of our experimentation with uh, yeast and fermentation, I decided that we would discuss the FAQs of yeast and fermentation. All right, fact me. Fact you. Hey, Wonderful. whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Yeah, about that. Okay, so can I reuse my yeast? Yes. The answer to this question is yes. Why? How? Okay, so there's, uh, I, I've, so this is one thing I've never done. Okay. Mostly because I'm terrified of contaminants and I'm lazy. Yeah. These two things. Don't go well together. <laughs> uh, but you can do what's called washing yeast. Yep. Where basically uh, after you've uh, racked your beer off of the keg, not not quite all of it, enough where it's still kind of a slurry, Yep. you, will, uh, you can pull that off into a jar or something, cold crash that, pull the stuff off the top, and you should be left with, as long as you did a good job of filtering out trub and all that, you should be left with a big thing of viable yeast, which, in all seriousness, you could split in half and you have enough yeast for two batches, two five-gallon batches. Yep. Uh, And to make the separation better, as far as I understand, if you just kind of, like, get it real, when you have just your slurry, you 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 want to mix it it up, pour it vigorously into your container, it will settle out such that the yeast stays on the bottom and you can pour off the... Pour off most of the rest of the stuff. Yeah, you you can actually do that a couple of times to get to, it to get your nice clear yeast cake. To get a nice clear yeast cake. Yep. Yep. Um, and then, as far as I know, you should really only do that with the same yeast strain about five times before you buy new. Well, you can it. It all depends, but yeah, five 
is I mean five generations is a pretty good rule of thumb if your if your sanitation is absolutely clean. Yeah. I'd say if you're just starting out doing your washing once or twice to be on the safe side. If you want, you could keep doing it until you're either it's stalling out, you're getting off flavors, yeah. or it gets contaminated. And yeah, I mean you'll be able to tell, but the only thing is then you've ruined a batch. Not necessarily ruined, but it's not what you were expecting. It's ruined. Uh, yeah. If it's not what you're well, expecting, it's ruined. Well, ruined to me implies that it's undrinkable. Oh, okay. No, I mean, you can have some pretty bad beer that's still drinkable. I have a, I have a keg of oxygenated uh, bel- uh, yeah, blonde in there. that uh, Oxidized? Oxidized blonde. Yeah, that's just not <laughs> not good. Not good. Okay. And but I'm uh, waiting for that night when we're really drunk and we're just going to bust it out. Right. It's not going <laughs> to end well. Uh, I drank some of the yeast. Is that okay? Yeah. You might get uh, the toots. The toots and the scoots. And but they stink. <laughs> they Yeah. So the yeast, it's fine. Uh, especially uh, as a home brewer, you're going to end up drinking some yeast. It, it, it's going to happen, mostly because you're going to have that bottle, and you're going to be too lazy to find a glass, and you're just going to drink out of the bottle, and you're going to be drinking some yeast. Uh, just one thing to, like, once you're used to it, it's not so, once your gut is used to it, it's not so bad, but initially, it's going to it's gonna clean you out pretty good, <laughs> it, it to will put ca- it delicately. It will cause some gas issues. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, nutritionally speaking, it's actually a little healthy for you. No, it's it's fantastic yeah, for you. It's got nutritionally, of, yeah, it's it's great. It's like a multivitamin. Yeah, just go much. for it. Uh, so there's but ex- just just be uh, warned that people won't want to be around you for a while. Bumping microphones. Right. Stop yes. that. I know. You still have your big ass heavy coat on. Are you cold? Uh I've been biking outside for half the day. It feels like. Oh, it is cold. That is not even close to being true. But I have been outside for extended periods of time. Today, well, it is it was three out or something. Yeah. Well, now and but it felt like minus fifteen, and now it's probably colder. So. And tomorrow morning is going to be eight below. Feels like twenty two below. I have. It's to gonna be fantastic, right? I need um, to gas tomorrow. Ugh. So this is about a step removed, but it is very important to the topic. Is it okay to use distilled water for brewing? Okay. Yes. Recommended. No. Why not? Uh, because you're missing all of the all of the minerals and the micronutrients in the in the water that gives it flavor. Don't get me wrong; I used a lot of distilled water when I first started because it's it's guaranteed to be clean. Yeah. And the beer turned out fine. Yeah. Your your beer will turn out fine. It's just going to be missing something. And for the longest time, my beers were missing something. I couldn't quite figure out what it was. Uh, and especially your extracts will. Uh, potentially add some of those micronutrients in because that's something that's been like your liquid extracts at least because mm-hmm. it's something that's been boiled and everything already. It's um, suggested specifically to not use distilled water. I mean, you you can and it'll work, but the yeast need a lot of the stuff that is in tap water, groundwater, mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. Uh, I could start listing them off, but it would take no. 10 they're minutes. just micronutrients. Yeah, yeah just... the micronutrients that, uh, in many ways, are are vital to the yeast doing its job properly. Yep. And so it's better to use Fiji bottled water than distilled water. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> uh, let's see. 
How much heat does the fermentation pro- uh, process produce within the ferment uh, fermenting vessel? How much heat? Yes. A bit. Ah, uh, let's see. You have what? the answer. No, no, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to word it differently for you. What is the temperature of the fermentation vessel compared to the ambient room temperature? Um, I don't. I feel like it can be three to five degrees higher than ambient. I got right around three degrees okay. in my research that it actually is warmer than the room it's in. Yeah. Well, I mean, fermentation is an exothermic reaction, and so it will uh, heat up the the area around it. Absolutely. Here's one for you. Do I really have to use a, f- a secondary fermenter? Oh, hell no. <laughs> secondary fermenters are for pussies. No, but please continue. <laughs> no, I, I don't I don't use them. I've never used a secondary fermenter. Then again, I don't do uh long long uh fermentation uh stages. I like I guess if I was doing a sour or a barley wine or an imperial stout, something that I was going to let sit for a year. Yeah. Or longer than yes, you want to do a secondary because you want to get that off the yeast so it, so the yeast doesn't italicize, like die and decay into the beer and yeah. throw off flavors. Otherwise, if you're in there for just a few months, not gonna be an issue. You're you're not dealing with volumes that are that are large enough to crush the yeast. And I mean brewers, uh like professional brewers, brewing in those volumes, especially in those conicals. All of that pressure gets focused on that one point, and all the yeast falls out there. And so the yeast at the bottom will get crushed by the weight, and you'll get off flavors from there, which is why they, uh, part of the reason why they transfer over into bright tanks. Yep. Um, absolutely, the answer is no, you do not need secondary vessels most of the time. Uh, for extended fermentation times, it is suggested that you use a secondary fermenter. Oh, see, I'm not the only one with issues. Yep. Um, it's that barley wine you gave me. Uh, another another suggestion for when to use a secondary is when you're doing a lot of uh, dry hopping. Because mm. uh, or, or if you're putting in a fruit or whatever, putting in fruit, or especially if you just end up um, not mashing very clean and you have a lot of leftover stuff in your fermenter that you don't necessarily want it sitting in there for weeks and weeks. At least not in great quantity. Mm-hmm. It can. Yeah, uh, but I mean, for the most part, you you don't need it. Yeah, I mean, if you're like Casey and you're just pumping out a beer, and you know, every three weeks or four weeks or whatever, not an issue. Yeah, no, it's not going to be an issue. The only reason you might want to would be for issues of clarity, and that really doesn't. Yeah, change well, the and if you, especially if you're kegging, uh, your keg is essentially your secondary fermentation because f- secondary fermentation is a misnomer. There's no fermentation actually going on in secondary. There is. It's just. It's just. No, your your fermentation is done. It's different stuff that's happening. Yeah, it's not. It's it, it's a different. Yeah, different it, processes. It's 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 different processes that are happening, which can happen in a closed environment like a keg. Yeah, you can. It's it's more conditioning than fermentation. Yeah, that would. Well, yeah. You're you're moving it over to a conditioning tank. I feel like is the better is the better term. I'm not really sure where secondary fermentation came in. Well, I, I mean, it depends on how technical you want to get. What happens is during primary fermentation, the yeast is eating all the stuff that it would rather eat if it had a choice. Mm-hmm. After primary fermentation, it's run out of the food that it would choose if it did, and so now it doesn't, and it goes off and starts 
metabolizing these other products, which, yes, is a form of fermentation, but no, it's not happening in nearly as great a quantity. It's very slow, and it's changing the beer much more slowly. So secondary fermentation, not wrong. Conditioning, probably more appropriate. All right, so from now on, on this show, we're not going to say secondary fermentation. We're going to say conditioning. And I will just to irk you. No, I, I think it's more accurate, don't you? I, I think it's the more accurate term. I'm not going to argue. Like, no, okay, I'm not saying you're wrong by any means, because I, I just think that you're not, or that secondary fermentation isn't any less right. I think it can be a little I think mis- it's less right. I feel like it's I feel like it's a very big n- misnomer that throws people. I don't off. know if it's a misnomer. I just think it's misleading. Well, no, it Yeah, I guess. I guess when yet when I think I guess when I feel like most people hear secondary fermentation, they think it's fermenting twice. Which it's not. It's it's not a second fermentation. It's if anything it's a continuation of the of the ongoing fermentation. Sure. But it's moving into a conditioning vessel where more minute changes are happening, and if yeah. you're going to dry hop or put in a fruit or whatever, you're going to do it there. All right. I will concede the point. Aha! I will call it conditioning. I have one. I still don't think it's wrong, though. I guess I, I shouldn't say it's wrong. I yeah. just, I feel it's... Conditioning is less misleading, or it's not misleading. Yeah. There, There's no... Uh, you can't misconstrue what it's supposed to be doing. Yes. Okay. How, how does that sound? Sounds better. Give me the next question so I can argue into the ground. Right. On this one too. Uh, what is a blow-off tube, and how do I make one? <laughs> blow-off tube. Uh, a blow-off tube is it's essentially a, another form of, I guess, airlock. I don't know what you would call it, but it's, it's like an airlock, except it's a bigger version. Yeah, I, I usually just explain it to people. It's like a massive, massive airlock. Yeah. Basically, you take a tube and you shove it in the hole, either in the in the stopper, in the bucket, what have you, and you run that tube into a bucket or a bottle of sanitizer, sanitized water, or sanitized water, and uh, basically it just gives uh, any uh, hot matter or not hot Krausen. matter, Krausen or really anything that's being shot up throughout the through the like a very vigorous fermentation. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't block the hole of the airlock and blow up. So not not really blow up, but blow the lid off and create a mess all over your basement, everywhere, anywhere. It's bad, guys. It's not fun to clean up, guaranteed. So I've had I I actually had a I had a fermentation once shoot an airlock out of the bucket like a rocket. Was it glorious? It was a mess. Well, uh, that leads right into the next question. My airlock blew off during violent ferment. Is my beer ruined? Uh, No, because there's a delightful layer of CO2 (laughs) on the top of your bucket. Actually, what you could do, if if you're brave and you know you have a fairly debris-free environment, you don't even need the airlock or the lid. Yeah. Just Just put the beer in the bucket and let it go. It's called open fermentation. It's all the rage in places. Under controlled conditions. Under controlled conditions. <laughs> Don't do. let your cat fall into the fermenter. That beer would be ruined. Yes. I, however, will just say, unless you really know what you're doing, I don't suggest that course of action. No. I, I, on these uh, bitters, I didn't use airlocks. I stuck them in, the, in my uh, 
temp controller. Yep. My or my fermentation chamber and uh, the airlocks were all the way upstairs. And I was down here, so I just put the lids on them. I didn't even <laughs> seal the lids, really. I just kind of set them on because the lids aren't fitting on these buckets properly. So I just kind of set the lids on so nothing fell in. That's hilarious. Yeah. So they're they're open fermented uh, bitters. Yeah, so there's actually more than just that reason why your beer would be okay under this circumstance. Um Da, 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 da. The yeast are replicating so fast that if any wild yeast or bacteria fell in, that they mostly or most likely got consumed by the yeast as yeah. well. Oh, yeah. At this point, they would be as well because this is when they're at their peak. Oh, they would just yeah. overwhelm anything. Yeah, it's uh, at this point. It's a at that point. A sack race, is pretty. It's a race of populations. Which one's going to dominate the? The environment. In yeah. this case, they already have such an unbelievably overwhelming advantage that it's not... It's the most delicious game of civilization ever. Absolutely. Very one-sided. <laughs> right? They're all playing Gandhi with nukes. Uh, That's right. That see. was a video game joke for those of you who play Civ. Woo. Oh, man. I was wondering if I was going to do this in order or not. Nah. Now, let's see. What are the advantages and or disadvantages of using a carboy versus a bucket? Glass carboy. Okay. So, I use buckets. Miles uses glass. Yes. So, let's talk about the pros of each from our from our views, and then uh, hopefully that will come into... Uh, so, pros, buckets, cheap. Cheap. Dirt cheap. Um, see, like, I, I have had at one time eight fermenters running. Which, with carboys, would be insanely expensive. <laughs> I can vouch for that. Yeah. So, buckets, you can have a lot of beer going at once. Yep. Um, you, they're, I mean, since they're so cheap, you can go, like, you can replace them, which they need to be replaced about once a year, mm-hmm. uh, at least. And then, uh, they're pretty much indestructible. Effectively. Yeah, they're they're effectively indestructible. <clears throat> after you're done using them for, after that year, you can use them for other things. They're still useful. Yeah, they're still useful. You just can't use them for brewing because, yes. you know, they'll scratch and get gouges and stuff. But yeah, mostly cheap, light, because glass is super heavy. Easy to indestructible, carry. Indestructible, easy to carry because it has a nice nifty handle. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think those are the big things with buckets. Yes, uh, glass. You can see the fermentation without having to open it. Yes. That is, it is a wonderful advantage. Um, I, well, see, I don't know. I think buckets also are kind of nice that way because it's easier to forget about it. Like, I, I've never had an issue, like, obsessing over a fermentation because I can't see it. Well, so once it's in the bucket, I just forget about it for a couple of weeks. I, I, I have the, the capacity to know that unless something looks horribly horribly wrong that it's probably not mm-hmm. my buddy eric however likes to obsess obsess it's pretty amusing sometimes anyways um they are easy to sanitize and unless you really mess them up somehow you can use them for effectively forever yes so it's it's a, a one time investment. But there are so many horror stories of there are but <sighs> of glass carboys just lacerating the hell out of people and after they break. And I think that's from ignorance and cement floors. 
a lot of cement floors. I don't know. Well, maybe a little bit of ignorance, but also well, I mean, ignorance a, about glass and cement floors. Yeah. Well, no, but I I feel like uh, there were a bunch of shoddy carboys constructed and shipped over from like China or something oh. at one point. See, I, di- I didn't know that. Yeah. The, the ones we've used, I think we've only ever had one break, and I want to say it was probably from glass and cement floor. Yeah, yeah no, you, you just got to be careful. And that's, I don't know, I'll probably stick with buckets until I move on to stainless steel uh, conicals. Yeah. Because, man, there is a conical in my future. I want one of those nice glycol-chilled 10-gallon conicals. Don't even start. Oh, okay. they're only like... Two grand. <laughs> right? Yeah, and that's for a cheap, like, seven-gallon. Hmm. That's a ten-gallon glycol. It... Oh, yes, 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 yes. Sorry. I had a or a few... ten or a fifteen. Right. I, I think they usually add a couple extra gallons for mm-hmm. whatever batch size. So well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So what, do you, what are some of the disadvantages of using a plastic bucket? I, I mean, you glossed over some. Yeah, yeah. All right, so disadvantages is you do have to replace them because they're easy to gouge. Uh, so once, once you get like a bunch of scratches or anything in there, you need to, you can't use that bucket for fermentation anymore because, uh, bacteria and stuff can hide in there. It's harder to sanitize plastic, but they're 10 bucks a piece. Not just that, but they also let oxygen through. Not a huge deal. Unless you're doing longer fermentation. Unless you're doing, yeah, but you can, you can do a longer fermentation in a bucket without, a huge amount of issue. Yeah. I mean, I would rather do it in glass. Or, um, even better yet, rack it into a keg and condition it there. That's, I mean, that's where I do 90% of my conditioning is in a keg. See, he likes to use the fact that he uses kegs as a slight against the use or the utility of a glass carboy. Yeah, I'm not going to shatter a keg on a cement floor. <laughs> I could throw my full kegs down the stairs and be okay. I don't suggest that. Oh, I'm not going to, but I could. <laughs> yeah, the the stairs would break. <laughs> yes. Um, otherwise, the disadvantages of using a glass carboy is that they're heavy, they're awkward, they're expensive, and uh, they're need- fragile. No, they're not particularly fragile. They're made of glass. They're, they're fragile. They're made of thick, sturdy glass. That's why they're expensive. Yes, they're um, so expensive. Yeah. Uh, 30 to 40 bucks looking at five or six gallon carboys. Yep. Um, that, I think the last the last big negative is you need some extra equipment to use them, getting the beer in and out and to wash it. Depending, I, I suppose. Mean, well, you, you need a you racking want, cane no matter what. You need a racking what. cane. You need a, a carboy brush. You know, that sort of thing. But Yeah, but I think you need a, a racking cane. Yeah, I think the only really thing extra thing you need is a carboy brush. Yeah. And they're a pain in the ass to clean. Not going to lie. Well, it never really bugged me cleaning them. It was always a bit of an exercise. Yeah. But I don't know. I just think the the reliability of the closed system being made of glass is, is just... No, there, there's, there's definitely a lot of pros there. Yeah. Uh, but the biggest one for me is the ease of use and the cheapness. And plus, buckets, they stack... And so when you're not using them, they take up a lot less space. Which, if you're if you're brewing, if you have limited brewing space, is no, a huge thing. No, that that is a that is a big thing. Um, so one of the ways I think Eric and I uh, at one point used it to our advantage was we would use uh, plastic primaries and glass secondaries. 
That works, yeah. So that we would have a bit of a half-and-half half system. And that I think that might be the best way to go. Yeah. Because, if you, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, you don't need glass for primary. No, you you, you really, really don't, don't. Unless you really want to see your primary fermentation. Yeah. But, uh, again, which, I, I'm a big proponent of don't. Yeah, but you don't step outside of the comfort zone very frequently. Oh, you mean like making your weird fucking beers? Yes, and you know what? These beers rock most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I like that qualifier. On <laughs> All right, do we have time for another question? Oh yeah, we got time for one more. All right, let's see. Ah, here we are. We'll we'll cover two real quick. Uh, what is attenuation? Attenuation is how. Wait, hang on. Atten- oh, wait. oh man, I know this, but I'm I'm totally getting it ma- mist- mixed up with uh, flocculation. Yes, uh, which oh. is the next question. Yeah. All right. So attenuation is how well the uh, the yeast will like eat up those sugars. How low it'll go. Yes. More specifically, it's uh, the attenuation number is the percentage of the sugar that the yeast will be able to ferment. Yeah. How low it'll go. I know, but I'm saying know, just very specifically, like, what does that number mean? 75? It means they will eat 75% of the, sugar. of the sugars. Yeah. And? Flocculation. We, yes. Flocculation we, is how well the yeast uh, comes out of suspension. Yep. That, yeah. Um, otherwise, between those two terms, there's there's pretty much high high and low for attenuation and then high, medium, low classes for flocculation and plus they sound really fun to say at the at the brewery yes or at the bar you can be like so uh got a pretty good of flocculating yeast here huh (laughs) now uh just i'll just toss this out there real quick what is the what are some of the differences in a beer that you'll see with high flocculating versus low flocculating yeast uh it's it Cloud factor, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <clears throat> a a yeast strain with low flocculation will take longer time to settle out, uh, resulting in a cloudier beer, and a high flocculent yeast will settle out rapidly, which will clear it up much faster. Yeah, and well, and I feel like you get uh, more yeast character in the flavor with a lower flocculating beer. Yeah, and that's why you you see like a Hefeweizen yeast strain being low flocculating. Yep. And then, and a lot of Belgian yeast strains as well are fairly low flocculating. Yeah, and then you get something like a lager strain. They they're decently high flocculating. Ten fifty six is pretty high flocculating too. I don't know. What do you think about USO five? Well, you see, that is a shit yeast, and everybody <laughs> knows it. The only people who hate me use that yeast. <laughs> <laughs> What a way to end the day. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, guys, uh, I hope you enjoyed this show. And if you didn't, send us an email and let us know why. And if you did, send us an email, too. I really like emails. They're really nifty. Just tell me about your day, okay? And if there's any FAQs... We care. If there's any FAQs that we didn't address on this episode that you would like to see in future episodes, please let yeah, us know. Yeah, any questions, comments, etc., 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 go ahead and send those to feedback at blindnewsstudios.com. Or shoot us a message on Facebook at facebook.com slash studios, or follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. Uh, also, if you want to support this show financially, head on over to blindnewstudios.com and click on the link at the bottom of the homepage, uh, the Amazon link at the bottom of the homepage, and do your regular Amazon shopping and we get a bit of a kickback. 
Uh, Amazon, if you don't have a local homebrew supply shop, Amazon is a great uh, source for uh, your basic homebrew equipment and even some like malt extract and stuff like that. All right, uh, and if you want to support us more directly, head on over to patreon.com slash or click on the Become a Patron link at the, bo- at the bottom of our homepage, and you can uh, donate to us more directly there. All right, guys, well, I think that r- about wraps it up. If you are in the area, don't forget that we have a homebrew club meeting on Saturday, January 10th, 2015. That is, if you're listening to this this week, that is this Saturday. Uh, otherwise, the club is doing great, and you should come down anyway. Yes. Uh, We're meeting every, insert time here. Uh, (laughs) Funny, there was an asterisk. Right? Uh, Yeah, so I will see you guys next week.